This episode of the Beauté Industry Podcast was brought to you by Aspect Skincare. Hello and welcome to the Beauté Industry Podcast, your online support community for the professional beauty industry. I am your host, founding director of Beauté Industry, Tamara Reid. Here, we are closing the competitive gap and speaking your language. This is a platform created and dedicated to the professional beauty industry, valuing community over competition. We serve to help connect you with inspiration from industry experts, expand your knowledge through educational pieces, and bring you the latest in product and technology innovation. This is Beauty Industry. Today, my guest is Jessica O'Neill from Ananta Institute. Starting with nothing but a love for the industry and a hunger for success, Jess moved from a small country town to the sunny Gold Coast where she knocked on doors to get her foot in the industry before making a name for herself as the nationally and internationally accredited trainer and facilitator we know of her today. With 15 years industry experience, Jessica has used her extensive passion and knowledge for the aesthetic industry to pave the foundation for her to be able to deliver the highest standard of service in her clinic and in her training facilities through value alignment and a soul-based business strategy, all the while remaining humble and ticking off her achievements. A true understanding of up-and-coming industry professionals those who want to make a name for themselves and those too who strive for success, Jess shares a bunch of home truths that are glittered throughout this episode, which we know you will love. From Ananta Institute, today we welcome Jessica O'Neill. Jess, welcome to the Beauty Industry Podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Me too. I think there's no better way to start a Monday than a little chat between two friends. Absolutely. It's going to be amazing. (laughs) So tell me then, I want to reminisce all the way back to your entrance of your career. How did you get started in the industry? Um, Well, it started a very, very long time ago. And from a young age, I always had like a passion for beauty, wellness, skin. Um, I literally remember putting like homemade avocado masks on my face when I was a kid. Um, But probably professionally, um, I started working from a very young age, um, around 14, 15 years old. I gained work experience in the like the beauty salons and hair salons in the little country town that I grew up in. And I always had a passion for all things beauty, makeup, brows, skin and wellness. Um, And I really didn't know what I wanted to do. Like growing up, I always sort of felt you know, most people, they go through the schooling system and university, but I just didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, And my mum being a teacher, she sort of said, well, you better do something with your life, Jessica, once I finish school. And so I did a full beauty therapy diploma and advanced like skin diploma, as well as facial electricals. Um, And yeah, it sort of just stemmed from there. So it was from a very young age. Um, but I made sure I sort of got all the training first. Um, and it's, I really never thought I'd be in the industry for this long and it's just taken me so far through like the last 15 years. Yeah, that's so cool. I had no idea what I wanted to do or be either. And I think it's kind of unfair how much pressure is put on like high skill children. You know, when I think about what I was doing and saying, and, you know, just so immature at that age, like it's such a big decision what you want to do for the rest of your life, isn't it? I know. And I just don't understand like how you're meant to know. Like I knew that I was definitely like a practical hands-on person. And I always like, I wasn't like a dumb kid or anything like that, but I just felt like alien and out of, out of place. Um, just because I knew that I wasn't going, like, it wasn't for me reading out of a book. Um, and since I've gone through my own journey, um, I'm actually like a nationally accredited trainer and facilitator. But when I did that particular training, um, it actually showed us that adults and humans, we actually learn by doing, not reading out of a book. Mm. So my whole life, I thought I was, you know, dumb in inverted commas, but I wasn't. It's just that we actually learn by doing. There's only about 8% of people that actually learn 
by reading and writing and maybe auditory as well. Um, so it's, it's a very interesting thing that I've came across in my life. And I feel like sharing that can give a lot of people hope because, you know, our education system is actually upside down. Yeah. yeah. And that would make you such a better trainer and educator yourself because you understand how people learn so you know if you've got someone in your class who you know learns by writing versus someone in your class who learns by doing well then you can kind of mold yourself to you know adapt the content and teach them in their way of learning that's really cool yeah and definitely with the beauty industry like most people that are in the beauty industry we are hands-on because mm. um, it is a practical skill but I have found with a lot of my students you know that they may have gone um, you know down the different education route through university might have been nurses um, teachers um, some people even have like business marketing degree it is quite different that they could come into this industry and be able to walk out the other side, being able to, you know, set up their own business and start making money. So um, it's definitely available for those people, but it's a bit of it sort of spins them on their head a little bit because it's just such a different way. So yeah, I love, I love helping those people as well. Amazing. So you did work experience in um, the beauty area, loved it, and then went and studied. What was your next kind of pathway from there? Yeah. Um, so I knew that I always wanted to live on the Gold Coast because I'm from country Victoria originally. I grew up in a very small country town. Give them a shout um, out. Pattern. Where did you grow up in um, country Vic? Um, it's actually a little town called Inverloch. It's near Phillip Island. Yay. Yeah. Phillip Island listeners. <laughs> yeah. So all the girls, all the beauty girls out there are aspiring, aspiring beauty babes. Like you'd be surprised how many of them are down there. Um, and the amazing thing, if you do set up your business in a country town, is that everybody knows everybody. So that's a benefit for people in, in those areas. Um, but I always knew that you know, I wanted to live on the Gold Coast because where I grew up, it's absolutely freezing down there. Um, and I actually did my study in Perth because I moved to Perth for one year after I finished school. Um, and I studied at the best um, beauty college over there. And I had, I also did the international ITEC diploma. So I felt that that was really important to do that because I always wanted to, you know, be trained at a high level and, you know, be able to deliver that sort of service um, and give myself the best opportunity um, once I did go out into the workforce. Um, but yeah, so I moved up to the Gold Coast when I was 19 years old with high hopes and dreams <laughs> of getting a job. But back then that was when the GFC happened. So it was a nightmare. So it's a little bit similar to what we're going through at the moment. Like I know COVID is a little bit of different kettle of fish, but you know, it was a hard time and it's, and, you know, it's, people are doing it really hard out there at the moment. And I suppose maybe that's how it's gotten me so far along my journey is because I've just always had this deep empathy and compassion for people, you know, because it's hard out there. And, you know, even if you're just looking to enter the beauty industry to get a job or, you know, to set up a business, it's hard and it's just not taught. So yeah, that's where... I come in because that's where my passion lies is just helping other people. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That GFC, I remember I was about, oh, maybe 2019 or 20. And I was like, what is this GFC? What's everybody talking about? But it was, you know, people were losing jobs exactly like they are now. And um, yeah, it feels a little bit like deja vu, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, for me, like a lot of people that I know and I've spoken to over the years, a lot of people, it didn't affect them because they may have had job security, but me coming like fresh out of school, not knowing what to do, I definitely wasn't going to uni because it wasn't for me. And then, you know, I'd thrown myself into a beauty course and a beauty diploma and that had taken a full year of study. And then I still wanted to move up to the Gold Coast because it was always my dream to live up here. And honestly, um, I used to go out, this is when I first moved up here, I had no money and I would get the newspaper back then because we didn't really have the internet as much back then. And I would look for all the jobs, I'd highlight the jobs, I would do all my hair and makeup up, put on my best clothes and literally go dropping out my resume every single day to all the places that I could 
And then I would come home and then I would ring up all the places that I'd been around to. Um, And after a while, this went on for about three months because every place that you walked into was just like, no, we're not hiring. No, we're not hiring. And after a while, it just got so like, it got depressing, (laughs) you know, it just gets, and then you're just like, I'm never going to get a job because most places they want experience. And it's like, how are you meant to get any experience if you're not given a go, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people in our industry, they struggle with that. Would you agree? hundred percent. Yeah. We hear that all the time. It's Tamara, you know, I'm, I'm applying for all of these roles and they say three to five years experience, but how can I get the damn three to five years if I can't even get, you know, one year experience. And it's really disheartening. And I think, um, uh, even from my point of view of recruiting in the past, sometimes if you get that person with the three to five years experience, they actually come on board into your business with bad habits. So I love hiring someone that's fresh, wide-eyed, bushy-tailed, ready to go without any bad habits. Absolutely. Because what I see is that most people, they're fresh out of like beauty school, whatever training they may have been, um, may have done. And they just, they've got the passion there. Do you know what I mean? The fire is in the belly. They want to learn and they're coachable and trainable at that, you know, entry level. Yes, they may not have the finesse, um, but it's totally achievable to be able to give those people a go. And I just know, Um, within my own journey, like I gave 110%. And sometimes the people out there that, you know, they're really looking for that opportunity. They're the ones that are literally going to go the extra mile in your business. And, you know, they can be your best staff sometimes at the end of the day. 100%. Now, I wish everybody could see this video, though I know it is a podcast, so it's audio, but you have the most immaculate set of brows I have ever seen. Tell me about when the cosmetics kind of came into your industry eyeline. Um, Do you mean for like uh, when I entered working in the cosmetic industry? Yeah, brows and all all of the cosmetic tattooing. It's so cool. I know. So um, we're going back to when I first moved up here. After all of the turmoil and the struggle, I finally got a job on the Maya um, counter floor. That was my dream at that stage, even though all I ever wanted to do like was, you know, I did the full beauty therapy diploma and the advanced diplomas and the eye tech. I really just wanted to be a makeup girl on the Maya floor counter in the suit with the stockings. <laughs> and I landed that job. Um, and I always had a massive passion for makeup. Like that was pretty much the foundation, like makeup and skin. Um, and so that's where it really started. I've always been very passionate about the makeup and the brows. But what actually happened a little bit about my story is once I got the job, I really excelled in that job working on the, you know, the cosmetics floor there, even though it was the GFC. Um, And I know a lot of people can relate to this that are in a similar position because so many people that I talk to have this similar story. And even at that time of the, you know, the financial crisis, I could still sell like thousands and thousands of dollars of skincare and makeup and everything like that, because I was passionate. I was good at sales. I was great at customer service, but I was literally working so hard. Um, And even like I would sometimes have to buy a lip gloss just to meet my targets, like a a $30 or $40 lip gloss out of my own money, just to meet the budget for the month. So I'd get like a measly $150, $200 commission for the month after selling like tens of thousands of dollars of product for the whole month. And then even though no one else was meeting their targets on the cosmetic floor and I was, you would still get sit down and then the goalposts would be moved. So even though in financial crisis, I was still excelling, um, it would still get moved. And then I would be leave feeling like deflated, unappreciated um, and just, you know, like you're dragging your feet through the mud. I remember going home and literally I would fall asleep on the couch in my uniform and then have to get up and do it the next day. So at that age, I was just like, and I was only still probably 19, 20 years old. I was like, surely there has to be another way. Like I just knew I was like, 
is there any other way? It has to be a way that I could make this work for myself. Um, and also a lot of stuff with um, working in the beauty industry. I have always sort of been a bit of a lone wolf because I don't like bitching and that sort of thing. I know you're very passionate about that. And I know that's one mm. of your goals is just to break down and burn down those barriers. Absolutely. Of, um, you know, that sort of workplace politics. And a lot of my students, that's why they go out on their own because they're just, people just had enough. Mm. Um, so that's where I started. I started mainly doing um, makeups, a lot of uh, weddings. So I would do about two to three weddings a weekend back then. And then throughout the week, I would um, have people doing skin treatments, brow treatments. I would always sometimes keep my foot in the door, like working part-time or either renting a beauty room somewhere as well, um, just to have my foot in that door as well. Um, and then it just kept growing and growing. So probably the first five years of going into business, my main um, part of it was doing the weddings. Um, so that's why these days I have a lot of people still ask me if I do makeup, but it's not something that I really promote because I just simply don't have the time. And I was, um, I made a very good career out of that, but my makeup days are done for sure. And I always wanted to do the cosmetic tattooing. Um, but at that point in time, and I don't know if you've heard a little bit about me and my story, but at that point in time, I was with an ex-boyfriend and he told me that I would never be able to tattoo eyebrows. And oh, don't we love those ex-boyfriends? Yes. So anyone out there listening, he used to sit there with me and I was great at makeup. I was great at brow shaping. This was even before like HD brows were in and all of that sort of, you know, advanced treatment that we have now. And I used to be like, oh, I'll definitely get training. Like, I'm not just going to go and tattoo someone's face. And this was, you know, when cosmetic tattooing wasn't even that big back then. And he used to sit there, and I'll never forget it. He would sit there with his arms crossed and he had his big muscles. And he'd be like, look at me with this smug look on his face. And I could probably smack it off <laughs> now looking back. But I, you know, I did end up doing the tattooing um, now that I've got my new partner. He encouraged me to do it um, and I did do it and I was amazing at it. And I was literally, you know, at the time, like one of the top five artists on the Gold Coast and I've made a very successful career out of that. And now I'm training people and I never thought I would be training people Um and it's, it's just amazing, you know, how many people you can help along the way. And the main reason why I got into training is because I was sick of fixing people's eyebrows because um, people obviously weren't being trained adequately. I know that I'd invested probably um, around about $100,000 um, into cosmetic tattoo training before I actually decided to train people. Um and every training that I went to, I just felt that they really didn't meet the bar. You know, some of the trainings that I went to, the trainers would literally just sit there on their phone. No. <laughs> yeah, like literally like a $6,500 training from, you know, an international trainer and they just sat there on their phone the whole time. Oh, my goodness. Um, you know, and another one they didn't, the first training that I ever did, they had didn't even have mapping tools um, and, didn't, and I was like having a panic attack and crying because I was like, I need to be able to map these person's brows because I'm tattooing them. They have to be perfect. Mm. So, yeah, I had a panic attack and then I went home crying and my partner, he's so gorgeous. He said, it's okay. You can tattoo my eyebrows. Oh, <laughs> I had to bless. practice. And I even ask him to this day, would you let me tattoo your eyebrows like back then? And he, he really reckons he would have let me practice on his eyebrows. So oh, no wonder he's a keeper. <laughs> yeah, he's gorgeous. He's like my little cheerleader. <laughs> well, it sounds like you you shifted the old one out and you've got a um, you've got a little blessing, darling heart on your hand there. Yes, sometimes you have to go through that to find the amazing ones. So I feel very lucky and blessed. Oh, that's for sure. So then tell me, you know, you're, you're doing your cosmetic tattooing. At what point there do you feel like I could start my own business here and I, I actually want to do this and go for gold myself? Yeah. Um, well, it was mainly the, the pivotal point would have been 
you know, just working so hard. Like I know, like literally thousands and thousands of girls are out there at the moment. They're slugging their guts out. Mm-hmm. And it's just obviously business, it is about money and targets, but I really feel that there has to be a balance. Um, and I, I just feel that people don't get appreciated in the industry and that some, not everybody is like this, but a lot of, you know, big companies and stuff like that, they just feel that their staff is replaceable and that they're just a number. And I feel that that's where a lot of people, they're just feeling unfulfilled within their jobs. Um, and so, you know, that's where I made the decision um, that I really wanted to go out on my own. I literally had no money. This was back um, when at 19 years old, I had no money. Um, I literally had to sell my gold jewelry that in an Italian family, you get given gold jewelry as a gift. It's very like sentimental, like growing up, you get gifted gold jewelry. And I was just sick of the struggle. Like I was working so many hours. I could not make ends meet. I literally had no money to pay for food. I remember having to walk to work to pack fare because I couldn't even afford to put fuel in my car to drive, you know, a few kilometers down the road. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember driving in the rain um, and I literally had to go to a pawn shop and sell my gold jewelry. And I think it was probably like a couple of thousand dollars worth of jewelry that I'd collected over my lifetime, but I probably got like $300 for it. And it was just enough to cover the rent. And like, I just remember like crying and I was just, it was the worst thing like for anyone out there. And I know so many people go through this as well, or maybe in the same situation where you can't even afford to feed yourself it's honestly the worst feeling in the world. And I know a lot of people have been there, but I think when you have been to that point and you have that hunger, that hunger stays with you as well. And I grew up also like with a single parent and that sort of thing. Um, and I watched my mom struggle so much um, and she worked so hard. She worked three um, jobs just to raise us kids. And I just knew that, if, if I ever had children one day, I would hope that I would be in a better position to, you know, be more comfortable. And, you know, I'm, I've got there and beyond that much more now, but I never, ever forget. And I actually said this to, we held a women's business luncheon here on Monday. Um, and, you know, even when you do get to the top in inverted commas, you know, you may, people think, you're, oh, you're lucky. They don't see the amount of work that has gone into it. And I said to them, even, you know, when people get to that level, it's very easy to forget where you came from. And I just remember like every time that I go to the shops, even to do groceries now, like I don't have to look at the price of food. I just buy what I want for, you know, what's going to nourish me, but I never, ever forget how lucky I am now to be able to afford what I want, you know, and that's a big goal for people. I know so many people like, cause a lot of my students, when they contact me, they fill out a form about their goals and people just want to be able to make ends meet out there, you know, mm-hmm. and it's really my goal to ensure that people not only survive, but they thrive within their business. After the break, Jess shares what scares her and excites her about the industry. But first, a word from today's Beauté partner. Community, the team at Aspect Skincare have recently launched their newest product to the Aspect Doctor physician-only range, the Lanazine Micro Peel, an elevated version of Aspect's cult favourite, the Fruit Enzyme Mask. Lanazyme is an advanced peeling gel formula containing a complex of fruit enzymes, including pumpkin ferment extract and lana blue, that works synergistically to visibly lift away lifeless cells for instant gratification and immediately smoother, more radiant looking skin. Learn more about this game-changing product by heading to Aspect Skincare's website, www.aspectskincare.com. Thank you so much to the team at Aspect Skincare for making this episode of the Beauty Industry Podcast possible. And now back to Jess. So much of what you do in terms of the training that you provide is a lot more than just here's a practical skill. Now do 10 sets of browsing, come back to me. You know, it sounds like a whole almost holistic kind of kind of training, mentoring experience. 
Yeah, absolutely. So anybody that knows me personally or has followed me on Instagram, like I would really have to say that like obviously anyone that knows me, I'm very spiritual, but it's been my spirituality because my journey has been very solo and it's been a very alone journey because I haven't had anyone back me or, you know, support me financially or even like um, family and that sort of thing. I've really had to do everything on my own. I've really had to go through that dark night of the soul and that spiritual journey as an anchor to be able to survive and grow and use those tools. So when I train people and teach people, you know, I bring a combination of um, all of these things that I use. You'll even see me if you ever came to one of my training classes, I literally do little meditations at the start of the day and I implement little things like that, um, even that I teach the students that then they can use in their treatments, you know, um, little modalities um, and protocols that they can implement um, because, you know, people don't remember what you do in life. They remember how you make them feel. And I truly believe like everyone is going through something and you just don't know what they may be going through on that day. So that's why, you know, I am quite a sensitive person, but I have a deep empathy and compassion to help others um, and really hope that I can make their journey like not as painful as mine has been. Oh, goodness. You've got so much to share there. I bet, you know, people are just so thankful and fortunate that you um you come into their life. And I love, you know, two things that I've taken away from what you're saying there is like hungry and humble, you know, and I think that's a really good balance. You've got to be hungry for what you want. You've got to be ambitious. You know, you've always got to be striving for the top, but you can do that in an egotistic way and you can do that with like, well, now I've reached the top, look at me, hardy ha, you know, or you can say, well, I've got to the top, but it hasn't been easy. It has been hard and eat your humble pie and still just be a sweet, nice, genuine person once you do reach the top. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously like we live on the GC, like the Gold Coast here and obviously through the world of social media, um, you know, people put all these, you know, things up on social media and that leaves people comparing themselves. But I did have one of my girls that helps me with my marketing and I'm not one to ever put up like, you know, a photo of my fancy car or like a handbag or this or that, or even my home. Like I never even posted anything about that because it's just, I don't believe that that is your definition of success. Um, and this girl that was helping me with my marketing she's like Jessica I went through your whole Facebook and your Instagram and I couldn't find anything and I'm like you're not going to find it and she's like why and I said because to me that's not your measure of success like to put up like you know a fancy thing even though I have those things and even though they're lovely and that and to me it's deeper than that like you know, you can get to that level um, and you can have all the nice things and you can still not be fulfilled. Um, and it's not, to me, it's not my definition of success. Success to me is like having um, a holistic approach, being connected with yourself, uh, being connected with the people around you and helping others along the way. And then obviously through business, being able to achieve your dreams and being able to use money as a tool to be able to do what you're wanting to create, not to show it off to everybody because I just, I don't know, it's just never been me and I don't think I'll ever really change. Um, but, yeah, that's me. No, we don't want you to change. Sounds like you've got a great perspective on things there. Um, I'm wondering, it feels like you have had a lot of adversity in the challenges that you've gone through. You know, you were talking about the GFC, not being able to make ends meet, your big move, door knocking, all of these things. How have you navigated these these challenges? And I mean, even, you know, aside from this year, COVID, pandemic, recession, I mean, do you, you know, when you feel like you're in front of a challenge, is there anything that you do to go, okay, how am I going to get over this, Jessica? <laughs> um, well, for me, like I always have like a higher goal. Um, I know what is driving like me, like my ultimate goal is one day to have a retreat and a property um, and to be able to help people on like a larger scale. So that's like an intrinsic motivator for me. Um, but I just feel like even through those hard times, because 
I've never wanted to be that uncomfortable again. You have to move out of your own way and really just get out of your own way and just keep going. Like, you know, you can sit there and cry and we all, you know, it's good to have a cry. It's good to, you know, you're going to be down. You might be knocked out for a couple of days, but you know, the most successful people have been knocked down a hundred times and over and they get back up. And even for me, like you were just saying before, like I literally didn't have the money, like zero, you know? So some people out there, they may be fortunate enough to have a little bit of financial backing or have, support. Um, And I just hope by sharing my story that, you know, if you really want something bad enough and to better yourself and you believe, like, I feel like it's having the belief within yourself that knowing you can achieve it. Like if you look at other people and you see that they've achieved something, it's totally achievable for you. You just have to be willing to put in the work. And, you know, even when I didn't have the money or the resources, I found the money. Like I literally um, sold my car once to put that money back into my business, you know? So I just knew that it would pay off one day. And that's what I've done over the course of like 10 plus years in business. Um, you know, there's going to be low points, there's going to be high points, but that is the journey. Um, and you just have to keep going and you have to keep picking yourself up and reinvesting in yourself and your business. And it will eventually pay off. Like it's a universal law. Like if you put something in, you're going to get something out. Yeah. As opposed to constantly asking, 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 can I have, can I have, can I have, if you give, give, then you'll get Absolutely. And it's how much value that you add to people's life. Like if you can really look at yourself in the mirror, like one thing that I've always done, you know, I didn't have a lot of money, but I always put my best self forward. I've always given great service to people. I always show up every day. Like I have a uniform on, I have my shoes. I I try and do my hair nice. I put my makeup on nice. You know, how are you actually showing yourself out there to the world? Like if you're just rocking up in like thongs and whatever clothes, you feel like that day it's probably not going to give the most professional appearance you know to your customer or your potential clients so um you know and it doesn't have to cost a lot of money to do those things you can make something out of nothing but it's definitely putting your best self forward to the world and showing up and also consistency like showing up consistently in your life um, and to those around you Absolutely. And sometimes you don't even need to do any of that to prove it to other people, but just getting in that routine, you know, brushing your hair, making yourself feel good, putting on a bit of lippy, like you prove it to yourself sometimes. Hey, um, I'm just wondering, you know, for yourself to be in business for 10 plus years is such a huge thing in our industry because our industry has a very fast turnover as we know and you know 80 percent of businesses don't make it past the first two years and that's not even just in our industry gosh I'd hate to see what our industry statistic is um but are values something that you run your business by or you know do you kind of lead more with a um lead by example or how do you kind of run your business and, and keep it going to such a longevity that it has been Yeah. So I can definitely say the foundation of my business, like from building it from nothing. And for a lot of people that may be in the similar situation, and even if they don't have much money in the bank, it's always just trying to deliver the standard to a high, um, like a high standard. Um, Also just believing in myself um, and having that like spiritual connection to myself and, you know, knowing that one day I will achieve my goals But when you're wanting to grow your business on a larger scale, you do have to implement strategy and structure. You can't, you know, it's a holistic approach. So even though I can say, you know, I'm into all the spirituality and manifestation and woo-woo and crystals and my sound bowls and I've created miracles with all those things, you do have to have the structure to build a strong foundation. So it's like a pyramid, you know, you have, you can't build a pyramid without this amazing strong structure. And if you're wanting to get to the top of that pyramid, you know, you have to have the strategy and implementation in place. Yeah. So it's a really a combination of both. Absolutely. You do so much in your business, Ananta. Am I saying that correctly, Ananta? 
Yes, Ananta. Yeah. So cool. I mean, you've got your cosmetic tattooing, you've got all of the training you do, you've got scalp micropigmentation, you've got the Medi Spa. Oh my goodness, you are one-stop shop. Do you, when you kind of forward plan, are you, as you mentioned, kind of go by things by the soul feel or are you like, no, here is a strategy. This is what we're going to do and like quite objective driven. Yeah. So I feel like I've always been someone that's like, going through life with their eyes open. Like you can either come from like a lack mindset, like a cup, a cup half empty or a cup half full. Like if you look in nature, the world is literally abundant and there is so much opportunity for everybody. So I really have to say like, because the beauty industry, it's ever changing and it's a very fast paced industry. I'm always looking around. Like I literally follow trends from overseas and see what's going on because in Australia here, we're honestly like two to three years behind you know, pretty much what's going on in Europe and those sort of places. Um, And then I thoroughly research um, services. Like I will never offer services to my clientele unless I believe in the services um, and unless I know they're going to give them a result because I'm not like a big chain out there. Like it's my reputation and I have that rapport with my clientele. Um, But I guess by being able to provide my customers with what they need. So I've really always been about looking at what they need. So along my journey, so many people, even though the cosmetic tattooing was predominantly my business for a good like five to seven years, like that was a good 80% chunk of what I wanted to specialize in people would gradually um, always ask me about skin and about makeup and about products. So, you know, rather than sending those clients elsewhere, because in a business um, perspective, you don't want to lose those leads or the customer, you know, base for them potentially go somewhere else. And even though I was busy, I really love building, you know, deep and meaningful connections with my clientele. And I love to be able to service them as well. So, you know, sales is about service. um, And that's what I try and teach a lot of people out there with their mindset. Like you have to see sales as service and how can you best service your customers? So, you know, rather than them going and getting the, um, treatment somewhere else. That's why I've always reinvested and upskilled within my own business and looked at what's trending. And that's how I've also been able to keep afloat because I know, you know, it's a real stretch for people out there to be able to even just invest. They might just start off, you know, spending a couple of grand on just learning how to do like HD brows these days and think, and you can definitely make it a very successful business out of just doing that. But then there's all these other arms, how you can leverage the lifetime value of the customer. Um, and this is what I teach in my business mastery course that I've created. But it's really about um, optimizing the profit margins within your business to be able to stay afloat and sustain your business. And I guess that's where I can be grateful for the experience that I had very early on working in sales and retail because 90% of like, it's even in the hair industry as well, hair and beauty, they don't know how to sell and retail to their clientele. And they're just letting money walk out the door as well as servicing their customers, you know, when they could be servicing their customers. So yeah, definitely like upskilling and looking, looking for the trends and being able to provide those services to my customers, because rather than having to spend, you know, and invest a whole lot of money into marketing and, you know, have new people coming all the time, you may as well maximize that great niche of clientele that you've already got. Absolutely. Amen, sister. You are singing all my language. I love it. (laughs) I love it. Um, Speaking of cosmetic tattooing, there is a lot of change, some good, some bad out there in the industry. A lot of bad has happened from this pandemic because it's so damn easy these days in Australia to just grab a microblade and all of a sudden start tattooing from home, which, you know, scares the bejeebus out of me. Um, Yes. But what have been some of the biggest changes that you feel like, you know, have have entered the industry since you first started all those years ago? Yeah. So I feel like a lot of wonderful things, um, particularly talking about cosmetic tattooing, um, and this is not to like poo-hoo anybody within the industry, but 
um, what happened is because even the beauty therapy side of the industry, the curriculum hasn't really been updated within the last 10 to 15 years. Mm -hmm. So that's why um, the cosmetic tattooing unit, it's only one unit of, you know, curriculum that they teach and it hadn't been updated for so long. So even a lot of people, they'll go out to learn the skill. And this is what happened to me. I spent a fortune, um, you know, trying to set up the best and they're still teaching, you know, 90s case studies eyebrows. Yeah. <laughs> I call it, you know, the, the dinosaur techniques of the mm. industry, you know, the block eyebrows. Shocking, don't want That's that. what like, scares me. This is why I haven't had my eyebrows tattooed yet. <laughs> yes, like literally. So because a lot of the people, they will go and get the accredited training, which is great. I offer both accredited and non-accredited training. But with me, I really teach my students the advanced techniques. And what a lot of training other academies will do is they will be like, oh, no, that's an advanced technique. Oh, no, you need to get the foundations down first. But I do agree to that level somewhat, but why not just teach them how to create amazing eyebrows from the start? Because my focus, it was never about getting into teaching to make money. I did not care about that. I really only cared about putting good eyebrows on people's faces because I was so sick of seeing bad eyebrows. You know, I have students call and they've enrolled in online training and they think that they can go and pick up a microblading tool And that's why we see these nightmares out there. I've had to do, you know, three color removal sessions on people. So um, it is a very, you know, precise art form that you have to make sure that you're getting excellent training. And the main advice that I can give to anybody out there is have a look at the student's work and of the artist's work, like if you're ever looking to go into that, because a lot of the academies, they don't even show the student's work or if they do, some of it's terrible. So that's where it's really grown. And a lot of the amazing artists out there that have, um, you know, facilitated the more modern brows, like your ombre brows and a lot of those sort of styles now, it's come such a long way because people were just sick of it and it just shouldn't be like that. Like you're literally tattooing on people's faces. Mm, it's very scary. I want to ask you that actually. What what excites you and what scares you about the industry? Obviously tattooing, we could don't go down a rabbit hole. Is there anything else that excites you or scares you? Um, it's probably um, the main thing that scares me because our industry does move so quickly is people think that they can just buy stuff and then learn off YouTube. Like I had a Mm. student come that sells lashes um, and that sort of thing. She's a really good lash artist and sells lashes within her business. And she had someone come and pick up a starter kit off her and was like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to learn off YouTube. And she was like, no, 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 no. Mm. Just stop. Like, let me just show you for a minute. And she didn't have to do that. She spent a couple of hours with this girl where she should have just really paid her for the training. But people think that they can just like watch a video on YouTube and like just start, you know, oh, there's um the, the whole beauty industry pretty much hates this girl on YouTube. I won't say who she is, but, you know, even fibroblast plasma treatment, yeah. you know, with the little burning. Oh, so yeah. I train, train that here. Um, but people just picking up a plasma pen device and thinking that they can just burn people's faces and then it's all over current affair. Like to me, it's just crazy. Like, so. Absolutely. I mean, I'm in the industry um, yeah. and I've, um, as you may know, just had my son, well, not just five months ago, but gosh, has that flown. Um, And I am like covered in stretch marks because he was 10 pound bloody 11. So that's 4.6 kilos for anyone who doesn't know pounds. Um, And so my skin is so stretched. I'm like half a tiger at the moment. Um, But I would still never pick up a plasma pen and try. And even on my stomach, I wouldn't even try. So I don't know how the people have the tits to go out there and do this like that is scary stuff me too like even me being in the industry like I just find it baffling like even all the experience that I had and it took me like probably you know whatever whatever it was like five six seven years into being in the beauty industry to even think that I could tattoo eyebrows do you know what I mean and it's not Mm. to say that you can't do it 
but you have to get good training and you can't just like learn these things on YouTube. Like you have to be willing to invest in yourself, invest in a good trainer, invest in your certification. And, you know, you're potentially going to risk people like damaging people's skin and also then potential lawsuits and being on a current affair. And we don't want that. Absolutely. (laughs) For anyone who's not in Australia and is thinking like, what the hell is a current affair? So a current affair ACA is like the nightmares of the industry. And then they come and they knock on your clinic door and they're like trying to shove microphones in your face and ask you all these questions. And it's like the most dodgiest practitioners end up on a current affair. So I thought I'd give that context to um, all of our international listeners. But you know what? You've, You've made me remember something there is that we need to qualify the people who we are going and learning off, right? So it is so easy. We all know how to take a screenshot on our phone. It's so easy to take a screenshot, crop somebody's little watermark or logo out of the photo, put your logo on it, and then put that as your own work. And I have seen this happen so often with trainers and educators and all of the like, And then these students come to me and say, oh my goodness, Tamara, I went down this course. I paid this X amount of thousand dollars and she was shocking. You know, as you were saying before, she's sitting on her phone, she's eating during the class or I didn't even get a kit. I didn't get this. I didn't get that. And I say, well, did you do your research? And they go, oh, I just looked at a few different Facebook groups and, you know, or somebody told me about it. And I'm like, well, sorry, but that is too on you, you know, like you would never bring a brand or an employee into your business without researching the absolute heck out of it. So when you find a trainer that you like, like, as you were saying, get testimonials, get their students work, ask around, is this person legitimate or are they just a great salesman selling ice to an Eskimo? You know, I think we need to do a little bit more work. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. And definitely what you said about having a look at the students' work. So that's why mainly on like my Instagram and stuff like that now, I'm posting pictures of the students' work because that's what you can achieve, like literally after training with me, not just posting photos of my own work because I'm still, you know, doing a lot of that. But you want to be able to see, well, what am I going to be able to achieve after completing the training, you know, because... I literally offer the ongoing mentoring and support to the students and they also have lifetime access to the training portal, which I don't know really anyone else that does that because sometimes what happens is, you know, you've even had a baby yourself, you might do some training and be excited and then things pop up in life, you know, you might have a baby or you might might have to go down a different route, but then you may want to come back to it. And I've had so many other students that they may have done, you know, different dermal therapies and that sort of thing. And they said, you know, I wish I had something like that that I could just look back and watch those videos again so then it would give them the confidence to be able to pick up where they left off yeah absolutely it sounds like you have had a pretty eventful um, life and also industry career Um, and I'm assuming with that you have taken some lessons away with you Um, can you share with us some what like what are the biggest lessons that you've learned so far and what do you carry with you today Yeah, so there's been some massive ones. (laughs) Um, But the main thing, and it's happened to me like various times within my business, obviously being in business for so long, like people will take from you, they will copy your ideas, your soul work and your branding and like even use it as their own. But the main advice that I can give people out there is that no one can copy you because you are truly unique and no one can ever copy that. And your dreams are there for a reason they're your dreams so live with an open heart and have faith and put in the work and just never give up and surround yourself with like-minded people and never stop investing in yourself and your business because if you're willing to put in the work the fruits of your labor they will pay off and eventually show and like I can really say anyone that's you know tried to climb the ladder of success has failed a hundred times over and most overnight successes took a really long time they didn't just happen you know all of a sudden so probably the best piece of advice that I can give to anybody is just be patient have perseverance and persistence and before you know it you'll be living your dream so just never give up so, so, so special. Yeah, I really love that. And I think, you know, it is it is so easy to see the glossy, shiny, a lot of follower Instagrams and, you know, especially on the Gold Coast, everything's that little bit more shiny, a little bit more glossy, isn't it? You know, it sure um, is. <laughs> 
but you know, it does, it does take a lot of hard work to get there. And I always think um, when we talk about success, you know, there's those two little diagrams and they sit next to each other. And it's like, the first one is what you think success will look like. And, you know, it's basically just like a um, diagonal arrow up, but then it's like what success actually is. And it's like up, down, up, down, little funny loop and then up, you know? So yeah, for anyone who's listening, I guess it's just like, you may not be there yet. You may be in the toughest time of your life. You may be in the best time of your life, um, but it's a roller coaster. And I guess, yeah, listening to you, Jess, and what you're saying there, just be persistent, consistent, hungry and humble, and you'll get there. Yeah. And I I reckon like success is your own definition. You know, it's not about making a million dollars for everybody. Like I never thought that I would get as far as what I have. Um, and for me, like my main goal was just to be comfortably be able to afford whatever food that I wanted and be able to pay my bills and live comfortably. And I've done that like a very long time ago and beyond that. But real success for me and true success is having that balance and, you know, not burning yourself out and having the balance between, okay, you can be making the money, but also living a balanced lifestyle where you're touching all the pillars of a healthy lifestyle with, you know, um, creating that time for your family. You might just want to um, have that work-life balance so you can spend more time with your children and that sort of thing. So success is really your own definition at the end of the day. So if that's something that people can take away um, because people can get quite deflated you know and caught up in the the cycle of social media and all the sparkly things it's your own definition yeah beautiful advice and what a just such a sweet um and very real note to finish on Jess thank you so much for coming and having a chat with me today I really appreciate it thank you so much it's been an honor Wow, what a hugely motivational and inspirational guest for you all today and what a special way to start the day. Jess is a real life ray of sunshine that I could feel beaming through the conversation today and I hope you did too. For more information on the classes that Jess teaches, click through to the show notes to see what's on offer or you can follow her on the gram by searching for at ananta underscore institute underscore. While you're flicking through your phone, remember that our digital magazine is published every single month, which is curated by industry for industry, which you can have a flick through yourself for free over on our website, beautyindustry.com. Thank you so much to everybody who's been leaving us the most lovely reviews on your podcast apps of recent. The team and I just feel honestly the most special reading through them, knowing that we're helping make a difference to your days through connections exactly like these. Until next time, stay connected.